have a few of our students come and to share a brief testimony. Um, so if you're one of those three students, you can come on up anytime. All right, I'm a pretty bad public speaker, so I'm just going to read this off my phone. All right, so uh, before my encounter with Christ, uh, I was in my sophomore year, and I was pretty lost, and uh, I was friends with a bunch of people who were pretty bad influences and brought me down as a person. I didn't feel like I had much of a purpose or reasoning here, and towards the end of sophomore year, um, I ended up distancing distancing myself from those those friends and was uh, pretty depressed for the rest of the year. Um, the summer after my sophomore year, I started hanging out with uh, my friend Tyler Russell, and through him, I found my first truly amazing friend group that changed everything. Um, after hanging out with them for, after hanging out with them for a while, I began to pick up on the fact that they <clears throat> almost all had one thing in common, and that was the relationship with Jesus. So I started coming to Reverb right before junior year, and I've been coming here ever since. Through my friends, Reverb, and my small group leader, Curtis, I got to know God and the gospel, and I built my relationship with Jesus. I've learned how loving of a father he is to all of us and how his works never fail to be nothing but perfect. I realized that all of what I went through before my junior year was all leading up to the perfect time and place to find God in all of his love. And as of now, I'm going to keep into God's word and continue to learn about what he has done for us and what I can do to serve him the best I can. Thanks, guys. Hi, I'm Katie Rogg, and this is Robin. Um, Okay, okay, that's cool. Did you go first? Yeah, okay. Um, So, um, my story with Jesus kind of, so I grew up in a Christian home, and um, I didn't really have like a, definitive moment where I accept, like accepted Christ and started following him. I guess when I was like four years old, I accepted Christ into my heart, but um, it really started making sense in my life. Uh, like around middle school, when I had older mentors and older high, schooler, high schoolers speaking into my life. Um, yeah, so through middle school, I began to like grow and learn a lot about my faith and just attain knowledge, but it wasn't until like around my sophomore or junior year when I really started to to distinguish the difference between hearing and really believing things in my heart and like reflecting it in my life. Um, So just since junior year, God has really been um, starting that process of like stripping me down and um, just revealing so many things in my life that are imperfect and where he um, is strong in those places and just really um, revealing these truths to me about um, who he is and making those beliefs in my life instead of just knowledge. So some of those things are like having an over-analytical mind of anxiety and through that he's giving me peace and just a trust in his plan over my own um, also just the need to please people and strive. Um, he continues to work on that in my own heart and resting in my sealed identity in him instead. Um, but through those, all of those three things, three really important things, 
were um, community, serving, and God's word in my life. And those all sound like over or like overstated things in the church, but they really like helped me grow in my own relationship with Jesus. Just having a community around you to be completely vulnerable with and real. Like I learned so much about myself and where I'm broken um, just by having people surrounding me and keeping me accountable. Um, Also serving has changed my life a lot. Um, I do this program called Daughters of the King through Doxazo and um, that has just been like super cool because it through serving it just really like strips you down of your like own merit and makes you realize how much you need to rely on God for your strength and then also just getting in God's word like you hear that in church all the time like read the Bible but it's really like important to read the Bible and there's so much truth in it and so much um like God just wants to speak to you through his word so yeah that's all I have to say (laughs) Okay, so I'm Robin. Um, Ever since I was little, my parents have kind of had that faith base. Um, They instilled that in me and my siblings very young. We started in a Catholic church, and then we ended up moving to Topeka, and my mom started taking us to Topeka Bible, and that was a really drastic change for us. (laughs) Um, I think it was probably one of the best decisions my mom made for us. We went there for a couple of years, and she pushed us into coming to Fellowship Bible my sixth or my fifth grade year, and I met my first leader that I would say made the most impact on my life. Um, Her name was Julie, and she really, I was living, like believing in God, but I wasn't, I was just going through the motions. I wasn't in um, acting in it. Um, so my fifth and sixth grade year, she really pushed us to, um, help with the nursery or going to nursing homes, um, doing Love Topeka, um, all of that stuff. And I think, um, that's probably the best, that's kind of the moment when I realized that going to church isn't just coming on a Sunday morning and just listening to a sermon and then just leaving and that's it. Um, you kind of have to, everyone has a moment in their life where they realize that there's more, whether it's being able to speak to others about their faith and bringing people in or serving people who aren't able to really get here or have the means to um, be in a church community. Um, kind of like Katie was saying, I think the biggest part of my faith was having my small group around, and towards my junior year, I kind of stepped away from Reverb. Um, it had a lot to do with, um, I had to go to dance, and so that kind of became my life. Um, I think I will regret doing that because I lost a lot in committing to dance rather than committing to church. Um, Coming into my senior year, I was a little bit nervous because I hadn't been to Reverb in a while, and we had gotten a lot smaller, but it was definitely God just pushing me and my mom helping me and my brother um, pushing me 
to realize that everything happens for a reason. And when I came back, I think my faith grew a lot stronger, and it just helps. So I plan to keep on growing with this church as I attend Washburn. So. Um, I've asked a couple of our students to come up and share, um, speak to you guys, to the underclassmen, because um, they're getting ready to leave this ministry, um, and you guys are still here. So um, I've asked a couple of them to come and kind of give a, a challenge to you guys, um, and then after that, the three small group leaders will come up and speak. So Spencer, since you're up here, you want to go first? Hi, um, my name's Spencer. Um, keep this pretty short, but um, uh, I would just like challenge all you juniors. You know, um, Reverb is a great place to um, get to know each other and become friends with people. I've made most of my friends here, um, so I just like challenge all you guys to make sure you get involved in things, um, help out as much as you can, um, and just have a fun time. You know, high school is a blast and stuff. So you know. Um, you know, just the juniors, you know, all the underclassmen look up to you as you become seniors. Um, so, you know, make sure, you know, you, you're aware of that. Um, you're role models to them. So keep it real, juniors. Hi, I'm Abby, if we haven't met yet. Um, I just kind of wanted to share what Reverb has meant to me. And also hopefully encourage some of you guys, especially the upperclassmen who are going to be in our uh, positions next year. Um, So in middle school, I kind of had a tough time making friends and uh, feeling um, like accepted. And so I started coming to Reverb in eighth grade. And it really gave me a sense of belonging and encouragement and community right away. And just having that constant source um, from my small group is has just been really life-giving and has helped everything just go a lot smoother with high school. Um, so with that being said, I just really encourage all of you guys to keep coming and to invite your friends and especially the upperclassmen to keep being an example to the younger kids and... Um, so, yeah, I have a verse, and it's Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And so, yeah, um, the race doesn't end after high school, and you guys don't have much longer, and so just keep running and fixing your eyes on Jesus, and coming here will help that a lot. And so, yeah, that's it. I'm going to try not to break down here. Um, Twelve years ago, I sat where you guys sit right now. Well, it was kind of where you guys sit. We had a church about this size, actually. It was our entire church. I was one of two graduating seniors. And Pastor Joe welcomed us all up on stage, well, the two of us. (laughs) And he gave us something really precious. And he gave us a Bible. And he said, I want you guys to remember this, to keep the word with you at all times. 
And he gave us a small Bible so we could fit it in our purses and tuck it in. And I always had it on me. I was able to keep it in my backpack and reach it when I needed to. If I didn't have anything else to read and I was sitting and waiting for someone else, I was able to have the Bible on me. And that really helped out through a lot of things. So I encourage you guys to seek after the word and to get into it as often as you can. Now, there are so many things that are going to happen in your lives in the next several years. I'm just trying to think, 12 years ago, you guys were kindergartners, graduating from kindergarten. Um, And so you guys can imagine what's happened in those 12 years. For me, I've graduated college, and then six years after graduating high school, I started out with you guys and helping out in seventh grade with you. And I have seen drama. I have seen craziness and unfocused insanity turn into this beauty and passion for serving God and for serving others. And I love seeing the ladies you've become. And I love seeing the young men that I see before me as well. And I want to encourage you guys as you move forward into college to look to God and to look to others to support you so that you can continue in that growth and become even better. I have a quick little blessing I want to pray for you guys. And this is from Numbers 6, 24. My mom prays this over us often when she wants to, you know, give us a good boost. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Lord, Heavenly Father, please bless these kids as they become such wonderful young adults. Encourage them, build them up. Lord, I pray that they stay with you through all this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for breaking the ice, sir. (laughs) This could be me at any minute. Um, My name's Warren. I'm not a good public speaker, so I'm going to read from the... But first, um, man, six years ago, uh, yeah, a lot of drama. Um, (laughs) I had much darker hair. Curtis had a lot more hair. And, uh, no, we, you know, that that first year or two, we had uh, several talks and discussions between each other with Nick. Man, I don't know if we can do this. Are these kids going to settle down, grow up at some point? But uh, you did. You did. And, uh, man, it's been an awesome ride. Now I'm going to read. So there are um, many, many passages that today uh, just mean a lot to me, and they help me get through life on a daily basis. We're in a broken world. But, man, we know Jesus, and so we can take that, and we can step up, and we can be the example. I want to share with you from uh, Matthew 6, 14, and 15. 
And this verse is about forgiveness. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't, do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Be quick, be quick to forgive. Be quick to show grace to others. Um, from Ephesians, and this is chapter 6, uh, starting with verse 10. And this talks about the whole armor of God. And again, we're in a broken world. And putting on that armor of God each and every day, first thing, not when you go to bed at night, but first thing in the morning, putting on that armor of God to just protect yourself. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. And then finally, uh, this is just a great one, and I've seen so many of you guys mature in this particular area throughout the six years or two years or however long it's been that you've been here at Reverb. And this is uh, Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So those are my gifts to you. Um, I'm glad that a lot of you are staying at Washburn. And we're going to be seeing a lot of each other, and even K-State, yeah. But, uh, yeah, guys and gals, it's been awesome. Thanks, Warren. Uh, for you guys that have, I've not met before, my name is Curtis Clam. I've been a reverb leader since these guys were in seventh grade. Some of them I didn't meet till years later, but uh, we've been around here a while. And it's really a privilege to get to be here with you guys on senior night. Um, when I think back over the years, I remember we had a lot of great talks. We would talk about school, and we'd talk about cars. We'd talk about our families, and we'd talk about cars. We would talk about dating, and we'd talk about cars. Uh, and we even spent time talking about what it would look like to follow Jesus Christ, and that would always turn into cars as well. But, uh, but uh, anyway, it seemed like every night we would talk, their conversations would kind of slide off into these childish discussions with bursts of laughter. And you know what? That was okay, because we were high schoolers, and that, and that made it a lot of fun. But, um, but next week, you guys are going to be high school graduates and that's, you know, that's a major milestone in life. That's a big time. And things are going to change. Uh, you're going to start to expect different things of the world. You're, gonna, you're not going to want them to treat you like a boy anymore. You're going to want people to treat you like a man. 
And that makes me think of um, in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So I'm, I'm kind of speaking to my guys here, particularly. Um, so when you, when you graduate, um, that you're, you're, um, that's, a, you're, that's a transition point in your life. And that's um, it's such a milestone that that's when I want to call you guys away from childish things, to start to leave those in your past and to begin to step towards um, being the authentic men that God designed you to be. Um, several of us, we went through this study this year. We called it Band of Brothers, but it was basically casting a vision for what a, a man of Christ would look like. And the definition that we, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with that, it's on the Robert Lewis um, uh, study, Raising a Modern Day Knight. And basically, the definition we came up with was that an authentic man rejects passivity. That's number one. He accepts responsibility. He leads courageously. And he does these things expecting God's greater reward. And I just want to encourage you guys. You guys can do this. You guys have what it takes to be authentic men for Christ. You do. You can all do this, and I just want to call you to that at this point. Um, it's a lifelong journey, but that's the challenge I want to give you guys so that uh, uh, you can honor God with your lives. Um, um, I also uh, just kind of want to leave you with a final encouragement as well, that um, that you would be strong and courageous in your lives. Um, some of you are going on to school. Some of you are going on to work. Uh, whatever you do, uh, be strong and courageous. Love the Lord with all your heart. Uh, that should be your first love and what you pursue. And then love your neighbor as yourselves. And finally, um, look for somebody to be a blessing to each day. And um, and then in your spare time, have fun talking about cars. And uh, I just, I, you guys are going to be great men. And um, I lo- I'm really looking forward to what God's going to do in your lives. And and. Warren and I and Risa will continue to be available to you guys if, uh, in any way that we can to help, um, help you through the next stage of life. And just, I just pray that God would bless you. Thank you very much. I mentioned to you last week my previous student who died. Um, well, it was because of caffeine he died. He drunk a Mountain Dew. He drunk... Um, cafe latte and a Red Bull or some type of energy drink all at one time, and his heart just went crazy and couldn't stop, so he died. So this, this Red Bull gospel that she mentions in this book has a totally different meaning now than it did then. But throughout high school, students, a lot of students embrace this thing that she calls the Red Bull gospel. A Red Bull can get you through the tough hours. It can give you enough energy to get you through the tough hours, but you will eventually crash and crash hard. And for the, I would say, typical youth group kid, this gospel that, we, that you guys heard for six years, or some of you maybe not quite six years, it will help you enough to get you through those tough times, to get you through that Friday night when you're tempted, to get you through that party that you went to that you shouldn't have went to. It, this gospel kind of gets you through that, but if you're not careful, you will eventually crash and crash hard. And in the next four years of your life, maybe for some of you guys, maybe five years, because it'll take you that long. I crammed a four-year degree into five years. So some of you guys will take you five years to do that. But over the next four-plus years, 
you're going to be faced with temptations that you've never faced before. And you guys have to be strong. You have to be strong during this time. Let me read some of these stats that's also in this book. One out of every, by the way, this, this, they, they surveyed like church-going kids. Like kids like you who went to youth group, came to church, was involved, served, like we heard. These are just kids that were, that, were, that were surveyed. One out of every seven felt that they were prepared for what college brings their way. So six out of every seven did not feel prepared. The first two weeks set the tone for the rest of their time in college. This is important for you guys to hear this. The first two weeks when you go off to college, away from your mom and dad, the first two weeks sets the tone for the rest of your time in college. In other words, if you start drinking the first two weeks, you're probably going to drink the rest of your time in college. If you don't find the church the first two weeks, if you're going off to college somewhere, if you don't find the church, it's going to be hard for you to find a church after those first two weeks. The first two weeks is critical for you. And the, the, the friends you make, the choices you decide to make, the church you, whether you go or, or don't go to church, those, those decisions are critical. Most didn't know how to find a church in the survey. During freshman year, it says only 40% said that they attended a Christian on-campus gathering once a week, like an FCA or something. 57% said they attended church once a week. Again, these are church-going kids. And then there's all kinds of different surveys out there, different stats. Some say, and some of y'all have read this, 75 to 80% of kids leave the faith when they leave for college. The, the, the survey that she did with these kids who were very plugged into church, her survey came back that 50% left the faith in college. Senior, stand up for a second. If I count it right, there's 22 of you guys here tonight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You guys sit down. If the stats are true, you guys are going to leave the faith when you leave for college. Not necessarily you guys, but if the stats are true, half of you guys, you guys can have a seat. Half of you guys, when you leave for college, you're going to leave the church. You're going to leave your faith. And hopefully you'll come back to it if if these stats are true. And that scares me. And parents, hopefully it scares you. So what can we do? I'll give you four things real quick. First is for the parents, pray. Pray for your kids. I know you do already, but really pray for your kids over the next four years. Pray for them not to just survive, but to thrive. Number two, you need to be mentally and spiritually prepared for what is coming. Students, you need to be prepared for what is coming. You have people who tell you your God is not real. You have people who are going to challenge you like you've never seen before. You need to be prepared for what is coming. How do we get prepared? You've heard it tonight. Get in God's word. Get into a community. Find a community. If you're going off somewhere, if you're staying here, get in a community here. But find a community of people who are believers and get plugged in. And then prayer, which we've already talked about. Number three, look at the next years as a mission field. Look for ways to reach out to your friends who don't know Christ. Look at it as a big mission trip. For the next four years, you're going on a mission trip. 
to whatever college you're going to, and this is your mission field. Instead of playing defense all the time, you're playing offense. You're trying to reach your friends and your, your peers. And number four, plug into a strong Christian community, which, again, we've already hit on. There's a verse, a couple of verses I want to read as we close, and it says this. This is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through, I pray read through 25. 23 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And other translations, the translation I learned this in says without swerving, <laughs> which if you drive, you should never swerve, Right? Because what happens if you swerve? You could, hit, you could get in a car accident. So I don't swerve anymore. Like when I drive, I don't swerve. If I'm going and a squirrel goes out in front of me, that's a dead squirrel. All right? I am not going to swerve and cause my family. About a year ago, this bird flew right in front of me. And I hit it. And Sailor was right in the middle seat behind me. He's like, Dad, you hit the bird. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to swerve. So squirrels, cats, dogs, little old ladies, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to swerve, all right? Because swerving causes damage. It causes damage to me and my family and my car. So I don't swerve. So don't get in front of me, please, or you're going down. But let us hold unswervingly. And here's the problem that we've, we've in the church, we swerve. As Christians, a lot of times we swerve. We're, going, we're on track, right? We're, we come, we're faithful. And we're, we get off the college and we're, we're faithful. But then that party happens or that whatever it is, temptation happens. And we start to swerve. We start losing, getting off track from where God wants us to go. So my challenge to you guys is don't swerve. Don't, these next four years, don't swerve. Stay on track for what God is calling you to. Verse 24 says, let us consider how we may stir one another up to love and good, good works. Again, the translation I learned this in, it says spur. You know what a spur is? A cowboy has his spurs and he does it to the horse. Why does he do that? If the horse is going off track, he spurs them so the horse can get back on track. So the horse is going down this road right here, and the horse starts turning. The cowboy will spur the horse, and the horse will get back on track. Spurring doesn't feel good. Spurring hurts. So the horse is either going to keep getting spurred, or he's going to get back on the right path. Guys, you all need people in your life to spur you. When you start to waver, when you start to get off track, you need those friends who love you enough to spur you and say, listen, the path you're on is not a good path. You need to get back on the right path. So you guys need to find friends and peers over the next four years who will spur you, who will love you enough to spur you when you start to waver and swerve. Verse 25 says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So don't Leave a church. Find a church. Get plugged into a church. Serve. Don't give up meeting them together, as some are in the habit of doing. That's my challenge to you guys. That's my challenge to you guys. Did I go through all four? I think I did. Yeah, I did. 
That's my challenge to you guys. When you're tempted to waver, when you're tempted to swerve, don't. Have those people in your life who will spur you on. Get plugged into a church, a community of believers who will hold you accountable, who will encourage you in your walk with Christ. Let's pray, and then I have a couple announcements. God, we love you. Again, we thank you for these seniors. And God, it's my prayer for them as they leave um, this ministry and as they go off to college in the next couple months that you will help them to stay on track, stay on the path that you have called them to be on. And if for some reason some of them do start to swerve and waver, God, I pray, I pray that you would just place people in their lives who will love them enough and says the path you're on is not good. You need to get your life back on the path that you need to be on. I pray that for everyone in this room. I pray that for my kids who are still young, that they'll have people in their lives who will spur them on towards love and good deeds. I pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, a couple of things. First is, um, so somebody gave a gift for the singers. Uh, not all the singers, for two of you guys. And um, it's, like, it's two gift cards. One is to iTunes. One is to Amazon. So I, I cut your pictures out of the, the program. And I'm just going to draw two names, and that's who gets them. The first one is the Amazon, and it's Katie Rogg. The second is Anthony Davis for the iTunes. Okay. So there's that. Let me speak to everyone about these few things, pieces. Um, parents, if you do not get one of these, this has all the singers' pictures on there. Um, we missed one, but um, you can take this for you guys. Um, also, this is the summer calendar for this year, for the summer. Um, someone will ask, so what grade am I in? Like, am I, is it the grade I just left or the grade I'm going into? Once you leave school, you're no longer that in that grade. All right? So if you're in seventh grade this year, you're eighth grade on this card. Okay? So it's what grade you're going into next year. So this is for you. It tells you what, what things we have going on. It's going to be a very fun summer. So take one of these. Um, and let me speak to one event on there. It's the summer kickoff on June 14th. It's for you and your families and your brothers and your sisters and moms and dads and whoever. Bring them. Um, there's a small fee, $3 per person, which is more than half the price of what it costs to get into the water park. So you can do that online. And I did a drawing um, after this, we have a reception in the fireside room. Um, we want the seniors go first and their families, and then you guys can come in afterwards. We don't have small groups tonight, so you guys can play nine square and hang out in there, have cake and cookies and stuff. And one last thing, um, the singer girls have a thing they want to do right quick, so y'all come on up. Yes. Hello. Can we have Risa come up here? So, since it's your birthday and you're such a great leader, we cut out the photo booth from Overcome and we framed it for you. So, can we all sing happy birthday to her really fast? Yeah, also it's her birthday. Happy birthday.